Education. Our guest today is Isaac May, a 2017 graduate of West Virginia University's Integrated Marketing Communications Master of Science program. Isaac May is an energetic and passionate digital marketer, brand manager, and content creator with nearly a decade of experience in marketing for education and nonprofits. Isaac is passionate about helping brands develop a better understanding of their audiences and creating content tailored to provide value to them. Isaac is currently the Associate Social Media Strategist for the Pew Research Center in Washington, DC, where he is responsible for components of the center's overall social media presence and innovation on new and upcoming digital platforms. Today, Isaac will be talking about keeping your attention why understanding your audience in the digital age is still underrated. We'll discuss how with the golden age of social media and digital marketing in full swing, the competition for consumers' attention is fierce. To stay relevant, marketers must understand the changing needs and preferences of their audience and adapt their strategies accordingly. We'll also discuss the importance of innovating to keep your audience's attention how to evaluate your tactics to avoid outdated practices, and how to maintain your brand values as you evolve your strategy. Hello, Isaac, and welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm super excited to be a part of it. We're super excited to have you on because this is such a relevant topic, you know, because rising above the noise to avoid being ignored by your target audience is arguably the biggest hurdle facing marketers today. Um, can you start us off by explaining why it's so important to understand your audience? So it's, it's important to understand your audience because as simple and straightforward as it sounds, that's who you need to please to survive as a brand. Yes, I recognize that you know, in a lot of businesses and organizations, you have to cater to, to many different decision makers. But at the end of the day, the one thing that always matters most is the consumer or end user that you're trying to reach. So even if you're not selling a product, right, you still need the attention from your end user to continue moving forward as a business and as a brand. So having a real understanding of their wants and needs and means of communicating and consuming content is incredibly important and will always be moving forward. Absolutely. What you know, do you see brands doing anything um, wrong on social and what would that be? So there, there are a lot of things um, that, you know, I, I, you know, myself in particular that I see brands kind of doing wrong on social, but I'm just going to touch on a couple of things for the sake of time. So first, I see brands using social media like it's still the early 2010s, and I'll explain what I mean by that in a second. I see this particularly in sectors of the market that I've spent a lot of time in, so higher education, nonprofits, and small, small businesses, just to name a few. But I've seen some large brands doing this too. And what I mean by all of this is that there isn't actually a dedicated content strategy. A lot of brands, they look to post organically here and there because that's what a decision maker's daughter or nephew told them to do at some point. But they're not actually posting anything of real value to the end consumer. They're sharing things like, oh, we're selling this new product, or we have a sale on this item, or take a look at what this professor published in this academic journal. And I'm not saying that those things don't matter, but it does lack an understanding of your end consumer because we've wised up as an audience, we've wised up as consumers, and we generally don't want to be sold to. So why would we then choose in this era of, of noise where you know we have such small attention spans, um, why would we then choose to consume something from somebody 
who we inherently know just wants something from us. So managing your social media this way is an almost guaranteed way to turn off a large percentage of your audience. You will rarely get them to do what you want them to do by using your social media this way and having the strategy. You have to provide some sort of value to your audience because that's what's going to keep them coming back. There isn't a lot of friction in the process of clicking an unfollow button and brands definitely have to keep that in mind. And additionally, I think a lot of brands just aren't on the right platforms. Sometimes you just have to go where the attention is and see if it makes sense for your brand to be there. If you have a target audience of uh, men and women ages 25 to 40 living in the US, for example, you should probably be on Instagram and find ways to be creative and creating content for that platform that feels organic to that platform. And if you're targeting 13 to 25 year olds, for example, you might wanna take a look at TikTok and, and see what's happening there and, and see how it's growing. So being able to, to spend time and doing the research and seeing you know, where your audience is, where they're living online, what they're doing online, what patterns, you know, what patterns are you seeing there? That matters. And, and, and unfortunately, I'm seeing a lot of brands not taking the time and effort to do that. Those are all great points. Uh, you know, creating valuable and relevant content for your audience and also being where your audience is. I mean, that's fundamental to strategy. And that's an excellent point. Um, in this highly competitive landscape, do you believe it's always a good idea for brands to go where the attention is? So I think on the other end of the spectrum of everything that I just talked about, right, I don't think it's always a good idea for brands to go where the attention is and, and for them to hop on the latest trends. This is why I say you should be creative and see if it makes sense for you. So I'm all for pushing the boundaries of a brand and being innovative and seeing where that might take you. I love doing that myself with the brands that I'm working with. And I think that as a marketer, if you refuse to innovate, I think you're in the wrong business. Um, however, again, this is where having an understanding of your audience actually comes into play because authenticity really, really matters as we've all learned. So like I said earlier, I think the end consumer is getting smarter and we've gotten very good at figuring out if something that comes from a brand, just say on social media, for example, we're, we're very good at sniffing out if that's real or if they're just trying too hard to get attention from us. So I'll give you an example. A few years back, we studied this when I was in the, uh, the IMC program. I believe it was Denny's. Denny's tried to take advantage of a, of a trend, of something that was happening on Twitter, something that was trending, and they fell flat on their faces because their audience just didn't buy it. And they didn't buy it because it just wasn't Denny's brand. It's not who they are. So not only do you have to have an understanding of your audience's needs, but you also have to have an understanding of how your brand is viewed by that audience and, and the audience that you're trying to reach. So if it doesn't make sense for you, your brand is trying to create content for TikTok, or if you're told that you should by somebody, and if it doesn't make sense for you, then don't. But it's even more important to figure out why or why not it makes sense or doesn't make sense for you and your brand. Authenticity. Absolutely. It's really important. Um, and it's also key in terms of how can brands get a better understanding of new audiences they'd like to attract? What are your thoughts on that? So like I mentioned a little bit earlier, it's as simple as doing the research yourself. I think just, you know, as a marketer, if you can just put in the time and effort to search for and understand what's relevant to your target audience, that's going to, to propel you a long way moving forward. I mean, the internet is a very powerful tool and it's highly informative. Also, it's, it's okay to look at maybe what other brands that you're competing against are doing and look at how they're targeting those same audience, audiences that you wanna target and see what they're doing, particularly online. I'm not saying that you should copy them directly because I never think that imitation is a good idea that's very inauthentic, right? Which we just talked about. 
but if you could come up with something better, right? Th th does that make sense for you? And if it's working for them or if it ends up working for you, it's working for a reason. And that reason is usually because the audience sees that content that you're producing and creating and putting out there, they see that to be valuable. It's valuable to their lives. It's entertaining to them. So that's what's going to keep them coming back. That's a great point. And I'm so glad you brought up the uh, the point about really understanding your competitors as well. It's key to positioning. And also you can leverage that information to gain a deeper understanding of your target audience. Absolutely. Uh, what's an example of another innovative tactic that you've used to reach your target, target audiences? So as you touched on a little bit in my bio, I have a past of, of, of working in higher education. That's, that's mostly been my background. So when I was working at George Mason University, our primary target audience was current undergraduate students. And the goal was to get them to apply to any of our, our, our college's many master's programs. So one of the first things I did when I got there was I started a blog to target some of our undergrads. I wanted to create and curate content that was specifically meant to reach and bring value to those individuals. So we came out with pieces like, how do I get involved with research as an undergraduate student? Or what challenges come with being a first generation student? And how do I overcome them? And why you, know, why you might want to consider studying abroad? And by the way, these were not all just written by me. In fact, I only wrote one or two of them. A lot of these were written by our students, right? And, and we uh, started an Instagram account, for example, that you know, was monitored and managed. Uh, we, we did a lot of Instagram takeovers, for example, because our target audience wanted to see people like them, people who they knew would understand their struggles and their experience as an undergraduate at George Mason University. So, and while some of these students that we were targeting, while they may already have an understanding of a lot of the content that we were producing for this blog in particular, I knew there were a lot that didn't. So I'm, I'm providing content that I know is going to be valuable to them. And then once I've got their attention and I'm forging that positive association in their mind and I'm building the brand that way, they may actually consider us for something a little further down the line, such as paying for a master's program with us. So you don't have to be innovative just for the sake of being innovative or being different. I also don't always believe that that's a good idea. You have to stay true to your brand values. But like I said, it is important to also push the boundaries sometimes. So don't be innovative for the sake of being innovative. You have to be so that you can continue to keep your audience's attention and move along in their lives and grow with them. Because forging that positive brand association and forging that relationship is going to be so important moving forward. That also is such a great point. And that, that concept of user-generated content, honestly, that's one of the best ways to be relevant. Right. And agreed. And it's a key component of a content marketing strategy. So if we could dovetail off of that for mm -hmm. a second, and if you could look into your crystal ball, how how do you think brands will communicate with their audiences in the future? So I think they'll communicate exactly the way we've been talking about through through some sort of content marketing. Right. So if, if brands begin to look at themselves as media or as content producers, they'll change their entire outreach and marketing strategy in a way that will be very, very beneficial for them moving forward. So I'm not saying the old tactics don't work. Right. I think they certainly have their place and they've been around this long for a reason. But take a look at what's working now. Podcasts, blogs, web series, etc. So brands creating content like this, you know, content that either entertains or in some other way brings value to their audience. That's how they'll communicate the message they want to get across. And that's how they're going to sell a product. It's, it, you know, is it not nearly as direct as it used to be? Absolutely. 
is selling by not selling, quote unquote, going to be more important moving forward as we continue to have to deal with all this clutter, you know, on, on the internet and in social media and et cetera? Yes, it's going to be incredibly important. Um, additionally, I think having an understanding and, and, and using paid social media is both now and the future for how we'll be able to communicate with audiences outside of our immediate audience. So many of you may have heard this, you know, in the past, but organic reach on popular platforms such as Facebook and Instagram, at this point, they're pretty close to dead because of how popular those platforms are. And paid promotion and content on these platforms, on the other hand, is very, very much alive. So even in 2021, it's still a great value and is somehow still cheaper than what you might pay for a traditional media advertisement. And unfortunately, a lot of brands still aren't taking advantage of this. The value is there and the time to get the most of it is right now. And it really pains me to see a lot of, uh, you know, a, a lot of brands who I think have a great identity and a great core not being able to reach who they need to reach because they just are lacking an understanding of how these platforms are working now and more importantly, how these platforms are changing. Mm -hmm. The return on investment is mm -hmm. really important. Well, I was hoping you might be able to give us a little insider's insight, so to speak, on what is the latest new way for brands to reach their audience? So, we basically, as humans, we basically always communicated in three key ways, right? So it's audio, visual, and text. So we've gotten past the text part of the cycle, right? We went from newspapers to, to online blogs, right? We've gotten past the visual part of the cycle, so lots of video. And now I believe we're in the thick of the audio part of the cycle. So doing what we're doing right now, right? So having this conversation uh, via podcast. So podcasting, Alexa skills, et cetera. So this way of communicating continues to bring a lot of value to consumers because it saves them time. So they can listen to this podcast when they're commuting to work or when they're working out at the gym or getting ready in the morning or cooking dinner, right? Every medium has its own value. And this is the way right now, which is why you have new social media platforms like, uh, like Clubhouse, for example, which is why you, know, you have little features like that popping up. And moving forward, I think you're always going to reach your audience by way of one of these of, of these mediums. Now, understanding how we use these mediums and how they work in particular and, and why they're trending and how they work in the particular time that they're trending, that is what matters, as well as having a real understanding of how your audience is using these mediums and then being able to execute on that, I think will be vitally important moving forward. Again, so many great points. Um, I think we have time for to squeeze in one more question. Yeah. And I was hoping we could maybe switch gears for a moment. And if you could speak to our listeners who may be students um, at West Virginia University, particularly in the IMC program, could you elaborate a little bit on what your experience was like or if you had any advice that you could offer? Right. So when you know when i was in the imc program um like a lot of you know my, my fellow classmates i entered the program um after after working out of college for a short time so I, I i chose to you know i chose this program because i knew i just wanted to kind of make a pivot in my career and i knew this would provide me with the skills and the education i needed to be able to to do so and, it, and you know it certainly helps having a master's degree in, in hand when you're talking about the job market and and i had never i had never taken an online class before in my life so that was <laughs> definitely a transition for me but I was lucky to have really supportive classmates and to have really great faculty to work with. And the faculty in this program, they have such great career and, and life experience that they have to offer. And it's such a different perspective than what you would get 
I think in a lot of places elsewhere. So I was able to really bounce ideas and, and, and you know, just different plans that, that, that I may have had or, or trends that I thought were coming, you know, in, in, in the realm of, of marketing and, and, and brand management and everything of that nature. I was able to kind of bounce those ideas off of them because they're the ones out there doing it. They're the ones out there who have, who have seen a ton in, in, in the marketing world and, and know what they're talking about and being able to have the, you know, have the value of learning from them and just being able to, to, to talk to them as, a, as a, another person or a friend or an individual and just bouncing ideas off of them, I think was just incredibly valuable to me and, and really, really helped me grow as a professional and as a marketer. And I just think the curriculum itself, you know, you're able to take all these different courses and, and tailor your program to where it really fits whatever you're interested in. So for me, you know, I, I'm a very entrepreneurial person and uh, I love digital marketing and I love social media. So I was able to take a lot of classes, you know, that, that would further educate me in those realms. And it's proven to help me in my career today. Um, so for anyone who is either considering the program or, or going through it right now, you know, as, as, as rigorous as, as the curriculum and the classes may be, I can guarantee you it is worth it. And I would absolutely recommend this program to, to anyone. I'm a big fan. It's done a lot for me. Um, and, you know, I'm happy to, to give back to it in, in any way that I possibly can. Isaac, that was really inspiring. <laughs> um, <laughs> honestly, you know, it has been such a pleasure having you on the show today. Thank you so much for giving us your time and joining us and sharing your insights. I have just one last question. Sure. How can our listeners contact you or find you online? Yeah, so um, feel free to uh, to reach me on Twitter and LinkedIn. My Twitter is at Isaac S. May. That's spelled M-E-I. So Isaac S-M-E-I, all one word. And then uh, on LinkedIn, just Isaac May. Again, uh, Isaac spelled the usual way, um, I-S-A-A-C. And then my last name is spelled M-E-I. So LinkedIn, Twitter, uh, that's always good. Feel free to, uh, to, to get at me somehow. And uh, I'm always happy to uh, talk to the community. Fantastic. Well, you've been listening to WVU Marketing Communications today. Thank you for joining us. And again, a special thanks to our guest, Isaac May. Be sure to visit go.wvu.edu slash MC today to view our upcoming sessions, listen to previous recordings, and subscribe to receive updates. 